today on Commitment to Truth. It's an ongoing responsibility, ongoing tension in the life of a follower of Jesus Christ. Will I humble myself under the mighty hand of God? And you can rest assured, if you know Jesus today, he will set you up every single day in your life to let you understand and realize that what? He's bigger, he's better, he's smarter, he's all wiser, and we're not. Welcome to Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Each week, Pastor Cedric Brown and the pastoral team at Commitment Church strive to draw you into a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Cedric, lead pastor of Commitment Church, with today's message. This is therefore, we also have as our ambition, our, our aim, our love for honor. This is our ambition, whether at home or absent, is to please God. In other words, if I'm here on this earth, or, or if I'm in the presence of Jesus now, I want to please Him. Stay in game, just to please Him. I don't want to be baptized to please my mom or my dad. I just want to please Jesus. It's about pleasing him. Then he hears his promise in Proverbs 16, 7. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Anybody have the enemy here and there? Who wants to take care of your enemies? But it begins with humility, doing the right thing, setting your ambition to please God and God alone. And he'll take care of anyone and everyone around you whenever he needs to. Here's our fourth and final point. If you skip now to chapter four, verses one through seven, now keep in mind, Jesus is now, he's out of the water, Holy Spirit falls afresh upon him, and the heavens opened up and said, this is my son, I am super pleased with him and everything he does. And then lo and behold, this is what happened in verse 1 in chapter 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Some of, you, some of you who have come to know Jesus Christ probably had some of this experience yourself. It's like you, you're excited about the Lord. Everything is like humming on all cylinders. And before you know it, it seems like everybody's against you. Everything's not going your way. Or you could say it this way. You know, when, before I was walking with Jesus, it seemed like everything was going good. But now once I come to know Jesus, now it seems like everybody's against me. Everything's going wrong in my life. So it's kind of like this. So if you're a sports fan, here's the deal. One thing to let you know behind the veil with sports teams, you know, professionally or whatever, no one prepares for the third string quarterback. He never gets in the game. Never gets in the game. So there's no film on him. There's nothing to prepare for for that quarterback. There's nothing to prepare for. That's why you see a lot of times third swing quarterbacks, they come into the game and they just be lighting it up because they have no film on them. They have no record of their performance. They haven't even studied him at all, at all. That's similar to you and me. As long as you're on the bench, you're not in the game, the enemy has no film on you. 
So that's why it seems like early on you're just humming and all cylinders, everything's going well. But then you start, he started accumulate film of righteousness and holiness and film of, oh, I see that weak spot. Oh, I see where he's tempted. I see where he struggles with. Oh, I see. And then before you know it, what happens? Listen, church, if he tried it with Jesus, what do you think he's going to do with us? Listen to what he begins to do. Jesus is now led out to be tempted. And it says in verse 2, And after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. You ever been tempted by your hunger? Right? Verse 3, And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, well, yes, he is. We already just heard that he is. Command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So what Jesus is doing right away, he's saying, okay, here's Satan. Here's the demonic forces coming at me. I will combat it with some of, you know, with the authority of God's word. But then listen to what happens in verse five, the trickery of the enemy. Then the devil took him along into the holy city and said to and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He will give you his angels orders concerning you. And on their hands, they will lift you up so that you do not strike your foot against a soul. So you know what Satan did? Some of you may know this and not know this. He gave him partial truth. What he quoted, partially quoted was Psalm 91. So go back and read Psalm 91 and compare it back to this verse. But you know what he did? He misquoted it. Partial truth is not truth at all. Once you extract one word, one intent from the scripture, it's not truth at all. Right? It's partial truth. Partial truth is not whole truth. So what he forgot or intentionally left out was, if you make the most high your God... Then this is your promise. But what you see here, Satan is saying is, oh, but if you make yourself bigger than God, then I'll give you this. And that's why if you continue to read, listen to what Jesus responded with. And Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written, you should not put the Lord your God to test. Again, the devil took him along to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I've given to you, if you'd fall down and do what? That's always the challenge. You get baptized. You send out in the wilderness of life. How do you conduct yourself? The enemy will always try to derail you. You combat him with the word of God. There's always this understanding that at the end of the day, if I'm a friend of the world, I'm an enemy to God. If I'm bowing down to Satan, I've relinquished what? Bowing down to a holy God. And that will always be the tension, church. But here's the end game. So if you skip all the way down to 
eventually Satan leaves because verse 11, it says, then uh, the devil left him and behold, angels came and began to serve him. And, and if you skip down to verse 17, listen to what it says here. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So remaining pleasing to God will prepare you supernaturally for a kingdom work. We cannot do a kingdom work without first learning how to humble ourselves, doing the right thing, knowing that we please God and God alone. Sets you, sets you up and positions you to do everything God has called and created you to do because you cannot continue a kingdom work. We cannot continue a kingdom work without humility, doing the right thing, and pleasing God. There's no kingdom work outside of that. It's good. It's personal glorified work that makes us feel good about ourselves. But does it really please God? Baptism somehow prepares the heart supernaturally for the wilderness of life. And the wilderness somehow prepares you for work that that's the only route to get there. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. But it all begins today with the step of humility. Will I humble myself and say, God, this is the first step of my obedience. You see, with me, just to tell you a quick story about me. I was baptized when I was probably about 9, 10, 11 at my father's church back in L.A. And I just did it because all the kids were doing it. Didn't know what I was doing. Didn't know, I didn't hear a message like this. At least if it was communicated, I didn't hear it. You follow me? Didn't hear it at all. So, and just to let you know as well, that was, it preceded my salvation. In other words, I didn't have a profession of faith, didn't acknowledge Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, baptize, etc. Remember, you don't get the team jersey until you what? First on the team. So I got the team jersey prematurely, if you would. So then when I came to here to Philadelphia, uh, some guys got my life, discipled me, mentored me, challenged me about being baptized. So uh, I was uh, growing in my faith, realized that, yeah, even though I was baptized in, didn't know anything I was doing, didn't know why I was doing it. And it preceded my clear commitment to follow Jesus Christ. So I was baptized again in a close friend's bathtub, Reggie White. Remember that, baby? In his jacuzzi. Got married. Lisa came. She was baptized in the same jacuzzi. So my point in saying that is I, I was baptized. It, it, it was irrelevant, at least to me. You follow me? So I was rebaptized because it just didn't make sense. So there's other people who will say, you know what? I was baptized when, you know, as a Catholic or a Presbyterian or something. And, and I was a little baby, little kid, and I didn't really understand. But, but now 
God is saying, now you know, it's time to do the right thing. There's some who says, hey, you know what, shucks, my, I, I was baptized, but I just fell into sin, did whatever I wanted to do. I need to be baptized and reboot and just reestablish a commitment to Christ. So I say all of that because over the years and even this morning, there were people who says, you know what, I'm, I got to be baptized. One, one says, listen, I was baptized before, but you know what, God is telling me I need to be baptized today just to you know, re, put it in my own words, reboot, recommit, refocus, and do what's right and head into his ministry. See, we're unlike a group of people in Korea way back in the days of some early missionaries. And it said this. It was said that back then there were just pages of the scriptures that they will get. Not, not a whole Bible, not just the New Testament, not just the Old Testament. There were just pages of the Bible that they will get to read. So what they would do is they'll read certain passages, you know, pass it on to the next person. And then what they'll do is that they would then um, seek to obey and do what the scripture says that they that was revealed to them. They'll accept the message and then they'll exchange it. You know, the other leaflets or pieces of paper they received from the text and they will obey that. And then it somehow led to baptism. And it began this whole conversation, I guess, in the community of, well, what was baptism all about and who's able to do baptism? So they came, with this, they came up with this radical conclusion. They say everyone went home, took a personal private bath in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because they're like, we don't know what to do. We don't know how to do it. We just go home, take a bath in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, listen, church, here's the deal. We don't just have a piece of the Bible. Too much is given, much is required. We have the entire text. So there's no going home, taking a personal bath in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's about knowing what the scriptures teach and doing what it says to do. So baptism, three simple reasons for baptism. One, it's the right thing to do. If Jesus did it, he modeled it. Why shouldn't I? The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords says, uh, maybe I should do it because it's the right thing. Maybe we should do it as well. The second is that there's this outward expression of your inward faith. In other words, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you got to come public with it. And can I say this, church? A public baptism like this is like really soft. Because the real world is where you leave this building. This should be easy to be vulnerable here. Because 99.9% .9 of the people, I hope, know Jesus. This should be like the most comfortable place to be vulnerable. They say, you know what? Okay, you know, I'm... Don't like getting my hair wet, but I'm gonna get my hair wet today. Oh, you know, God, I, they're gonna see my legs, they're gonna see my toes, they're gonna, you know, you know, be baptized with your socks on, shucks, you know, it doesn't matter, you know. <laughs> you know, I, we had a brother years ago. Some of you may have been here. You know what he did? He, he was like the last person. He 
he just stood up. He came forward in his clothes. Had a young man do that too. Came forward with his clothes, just jumped in the water and got baptized. I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. One did it in the wintertime. I mean, so I'm not advocating that, you know, because we got, and that made us get trunks and shirts and towels because we're like, we probably should be prepared for this. And with that literally, we did buy some trunks for the next time around, just in case someone says, you know, I want to be baptized. So, so our expression of inward faith. Third, there's something supernatural that does happen. In Colossians chapter two, he says that there's this circumcision that is made in the heart that nobody else sees but God. That God does something when you go down to that watery, in that watery grave and you come up in the newness of life. There is something that does happen that is unexplainable. I can't explain it to you. I can't, I can't articulate it in any way. But there is something that he does in you to prepare you for whatever he wants to do through you. Now, here's our challenge. And this is like a 3B. Is that... Our challenge will always be to go back to what's normal. I call it my favorite gene syndrome. You know what that means? No, you can get up, take a shower, take a bath, whatever. But the tendency will be, well, those genes make me feel a certain way. They fit good. They, right, right. They, 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 they fit my curves. They make me feel good. Blah, 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 blah. So the tendency is to still reach for those genes because of the way they make you feel and put them on a clean body. That's the human tendency, and that's why Paul reminded the church at Ephesus, take off unrighteousness and clothe yourself with righteousness. There's this ongoing journey of taking off to put on, taking off to put on, taking off to put on until you see them face to face. Today, for someone, young or old, there may be this first step of responsibility, and that is our first step of humility, and that is to surrender your life to Jesus. In other words, to acknowledge that you're a sinner and you need Jesus to save you. To acknowledge that you've lived a life apart from Christ, but today you want Christ and his Holy Spirit to indwell you for the rest of your life. You want to commit your life to him until you see him face to face. Thank you again for listening to our series From Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan, coming to John to be baptized by him. But John tried to prevent him, saying, I have need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answering said to him, Permit it at this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he permitted him. Baptism is a believer's first act of obedience, just as Jesus himself was baptized before he began his public ministry. It's also the outward expression of our new inward faith. It's the declaration that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Hi, this is Pastor Cedric. 
And if you would like to take this next step of obedience and make a public declaration of the finished work of Jesus Christ in your life, I would encourage you not to hesitate. As the Ethiopian eunuch said, here's water, what prevents me from being baptized? Today, here's water, what prevents you? If you want to listen to the previous messages in this series, or if you want to hear messages from other series, visit Commitment Church on YouTube or Pastor Cedric Brown on Spotify, Pandora, or other podcast providers. You can also visit us on our website, commitmentchurch.org. And if you live in the Philadelphia, Delaware, or South Jersey area, we would love to see you in person as well. You can attend any of our services by visiting us at 2 Berlin Road South, Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021. Thank you again for listening, and have a blessed and wonderful day.